Psalm 115, begin reading with verse number 12. Everybody there? Right, the psalmist uh, writes here and he says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. This morning we're going to be talking about the blessing of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blessing of the Lord that is available to all of us today. Father, we just thank you, Father, for the incredible blessing and hand of favor, Lord, that, Lord, it is available for your people. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you will, uh, that we will receive that blessing in our lives today for the glory of the Lord. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. How many believe this morning that God is a good God? I believe that God is a good God and I believe that He blesses His children. Now the word blessing means to favor. It means to provide benefits. It means to bestow gifts. And so I believe that God wants us to give us His favor this morning. I believe God wants to provide us with benefits. I believe that God wants to bestow upon all of us gifts. You see, everything good that happens to us is a direct result of the blessing of the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? That every good thing that happens in our life is a direct result of the blessing of the Lord. James said it like this in James 1 and 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. How many gifts? Every good gift and every perfect gift. So let's talk this morning a little bit about the blessing of the Lord. Three things that I want to call your attention to this morning. First of all, I want us to notice the opportunity. Notice the opportunity this morning. Every single person who serves the Lord has the opportunity to experience His blessing. I said every single child of God, every single one of us here today that name the name of the Lord, all of us have the opportunity today to experience the blessing of God. Notice three things about the opportunity this morning. First of all, let me suggest that it's universal. It's universal. The blessing of the Lord is available to all of His children. How many understand this morning God doesn't have any stepchildren? God doesn't play favorites. Acts chapter 10 and verse 34, Peter declared, God shows no favoritism. Now I understand that no one would ever admit it, and yet some families have their favorites. Some families have their favorites. In fact, it's quite obvious sometimes uh, who the favorite is. Dad has his favorite child, mom has her favorite child, and seldom are they the same. But not so with God. Peter said that God uh, shows no favoritism, that He is no respecter of person. His blessings are universal. The blessing of the Lord are available to all of His kids. But not only is the opportunity for the blessing of God universal, it's also unique. It's unique. The blessing of the Lord is unique. You see, God doesn't bless us the same way every single time. God likes variety. I remember I've told you about the fact that as a 
17, my wife and I were married at the age of 17. We were pastoring a, a little church. And, and I remember when I was 17 and first in the ministry and I had those 13 little widow women in my church and that was my church. And the offering on Sunday morning, which that's what's uh, uh, the offering on Sunday morning, all of it went to the pastor. And uh, the offering every Sunday morning would be a dollar for every widow that showed up. Uh, if 10 widows were there, the offering was 10 $1 bills. If 11 showed up, the offering was 11 $1 bills. If all 13 of them showed up on the same Sunday, the offering was $13. It was always a dollar for every widow lady that showed up. Well, needless to say, we couldn't live on the offering that we received. But one way or the other, my wife and I were there uh, over a year and a half, and one way or the other, God sustained us. One way or another, God took care of us. Uh, I would go to the post office and there would be a check from somebody that I didn't even know. And that would be a blessing for us uh, for, for the weekend. Sometimes I'd go to the post office three and four times a day. I remember one time somebody just showed up and I was out in the yard and they just drove up, drove in the driveway and, and said, uh, are you the preacher here? I said, yes, I am. And they said, God told me to give this to you and gave me some money. I had never met that person ever before, never seen them since, but what a blessing it was to me that day. Sometimes God would send a guest to our church and that guest would put in some money and that would be a blessing for us to the, for, for the week. One time I remember I was washing my car and, and I was, I was washing my car. I noticed, uh, Benjamin. <laughs> I noticed some money and, and, and so I, I stooped down and I, and I picked it up and it was a $20 bill. And I put it in my pocket and uh, I kept washing my car and I went around a little bit further and I found a $10 bill and, and uh, so then I turned off the water. And I just started looking for money. And I found $50, $50 at, uh, at the car wash. And I knew that money didn't belong to me. I knew that money wasn't mine. And so, and so I, you know, I wanted, you know, whoever it was to make sure they got it. And so I hung around there probably 30, 45 uh, seconds or so. And... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I waited quite a while. I don't know how long, 30, 45 minutes I waited and, and nobody, I didn't go around asking people if they, if they, you know, cause everybody would have said, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's mine. No, but I, I finished washing my car. Nobody showed up. I pulled over to the side of the car wash and I sat there and I waited for somebody to go into that, uh, car wash into that stall there and start looking around for their money. Nobody did. And so I took that for the blessing of the Lord. How many know that God knows how to take care of his people? Amen. God's blessing can come in some very unique kind of ways. You see, God doesn't bless us the same way every single time. The Bible tells us about Moses and how that God used the rod in the hand of Moses to be a blessing to him. But, but God used that same rod in a variety of ways. One time God told Moses to throw the rod down. And then another time that God told him to hold that rod up. And then another time God told him to strike the rock with that, with that same rod. God used the same rod, but he used it in different ways. God is a God of varieties. God's blessing can come in some very unique and incredible kinds of ways. God doesn't bless us the same way every single time. Uh, he can bless us in a variety of ways. 
Each of these three commands that uh, God gave Moses uh, provided a blessing, and yet none, uh, not even one of these three were alike. And see, that's the problem with us. Too often we look for God's blessing to show up in the same package that it arrived last time. You know, God blessed us this way last time. God provided for us or did for us or revealed himself to us uh, in this package that last time. And so now we're looking for that package. Now we're looking for that delivery system. Now we're looking. There are people today that hadn't made a change in church in 50 years. And they're still expecting God to show up in the same package that he showed up in 50 years ago. Listen, God's showing up today, but he's got a different package. He's got a different delivery system. Hey Amen. The message is the same, but the methods change. And too often when the package uh, doesn't show up, we're disappointed. Listen, friend, we need to stop getting so caught up in the delivery system. And instead, we need to focus on the one that sends the delivery. Listen, friend, what difference does it make how it shows up as long as it shows up? Not only is the opportunity for God's blessing universal, not only is it unique, but it is also uncommon. It's uncommon. God never does anything halfway. When Jesus fed the multitude uh, out of the little lad's lunch pail, he didn't say, all right, now let's be really, really careful here, you know. And nobody, you know, uh, eat everything, you know, eat everything on your plate. And, you know, don't take, you know, take all you want, but more, not more than you need. No, no, no. No, he just began to bless it and break it and, and give it. Uh, and, the, and he fed them all you can eat. He fed them all you can eat. And then when they were done, there were 12 doggy bags left over for them to take home. When Jesus showed up on the bank where the fishermen were washing empty nets, oh, upon obeying his instructions, they hauled in a net full of fish, oh, so many that their net began to break. Listen, this morning, the blessing of the Lord is uncommon. He always goes beyond the norm. He's not into just enough and barely getting by. The Bible said he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or we could ever think. We're talking about the blessing of the Lord today. Proverbs 12, or 10 and 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. Let's look in the book of Deuteronomy. Or as my good friend Tommy Barnett would say, the Deut- uh, book of Deuteronomy. <laughs> the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 28, says that it shall come, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord. Say, diligently obey. Don't forget about that. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings, we're talking about the blessing of the Lord today. And all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed will you be in the city and blessed you'll be in the country. How many know you've got to either be in the city or in the country? That just tells me I've got the blessing of the Lord upon my life if I live in obedience to Him. Blessed will be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. How many know whether you're either coming or going? But either way, you're blessed when you have the blessing of the Lord upon your life. 
And the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. Amen. If we live under the blessing of the Lord and if we live in obedience to the Lord and have the blessing of the Lord, anything that I put my hands upon is going to be blessed. That's the promise of the Lord. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. you're glad we're the head and not the tail. Amen. Mm. Ah, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only, not be beneath. And if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, we're talking about the blessing of the Lord today. We have the opportunity, my friend, amen, to have the blessing of God upon our life. It's to whosoever will. It's to all of the people of God that will walk in obedience to God. All right, we've talked about the opportunity. Let's talk a little bit this morning about the obstacles. The obstacles. How many understand this morning that there are many obstacles that we must overcome if we are going to enjoy God's blessing? Yes, there is an opportunity for the blessing of God. Yes, the blessing of God is available. But there will be many obstacles that we must overcome come uh, in order to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Let me just suggest four. There's many more, but for time's sake, let's just talk about four of them this morning. The first obstacle is fear. Fear is an obstacle to the blessing of the Lord. Fear can rob you of the Lord's blessing. When God told Gideon to conquer the Midianites, Gideon assembled an army of 32,000 men. You'll find the story in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. Now when Gideon told everybody in his army to go home if they were afraid, 22,000 men went home because of fear. 22,000 out of 32,000 allowed fear to rob them of the blessing of God in their life. I've told you that about the time when God called me out of a comfortable pastorate where I was pastoring over 300 people when I was in my middle 30s. And God called me out of my comfort zone and God called me to leave that church and go start a brand new church from scratch with no people, with no money, and, and starting with absolutely nothing. And, and I almost allowed the fear of the unknown to keep me from doing it. At first I was excited. Man, that, that is exciting to think about doing something, or at least for a person with my personality, that's, a, that's an exciting thing. And then you start getting the pencil and paper out and trying to figure out how in the world you're going to build something out of nothing. 
And then, you know, then the devil comes and he begins to speak to you and he begins to talk to you. And then fear shows up. And I almost allowed the fear of the unknown to keep me from, from, from doing what God called me to do. I almost missed what would become the greatest blessing of my life up until that time. I almost missed that, amen, because of fear. Notice another obstacle to the blessing of the Lord and that's failure. Failure. Deuteronomy again, chapter 28 and verse 1. Let's read verse 1 again. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Wow, that's shouting ground. That's awesome. That's incredible. Amen. These first 13 verses of Deuteronomy chapter 28 are some of the very best, some of my very favorites in the entirety of the word of the Lord. But I want you to notice verse 15. But. Say but. 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 It shall come to pass if you do not obey. The voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today. That all these curses, say curses, curses, it's in the Bible. All these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Disobedience, amen, uh, uh, is just one failure that will rob you of the blessing of God for your life. It's sad to see people who were once so blessed by the Lord, and yet today, because of failure, the blessing of God has either been stripped from them or is greatly diminished. There are those that we know that had a wonderful, incredible, powerful ministries at one time. But because of failure, they're no longer even in the ministry. And then there are others that we know that had worldwide ministries at one time. But because of failure, they may still have a ministry today, but it is greatly diminished. It's only a shadow of what it one time was. Oh, the blessing of God that was upon Samson at one time. Oh, but failure stripped from him the blessing. Notice another obstacle that we must overcome in order to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. How about fatigue? What would have happened to the children of Israel if they had grown weary about the fifth or sixth trip around Jericho and stopped marching? Would the walls have fallen? Would they have taken the city? No. God didn't say march till you get tired. He said, for six days, you're going to march around one time. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. And oh, it's really good and wonderful. You might even want a plaque because you marched around there six times or once every day for six days. But if you don't show up the seventh day, and if you stop on about round four or round five or round six, you can go seven, six and three quarters around on that seventh day. But unless you complete, amen, and do what God said for you to do, amen, the blessing of God is not going to be there. And we grow weary and we grow tired. And, we, and I believe that, that, that we squelch the blessing of God upon our life sometimes because, we just, because of fatigue, because we just get tired. I wonder how many of God's people allow fatigue to rob them of the blessing of the Lord. How many of God's people stop just shy of the blessing that God had planned for them? 
What if the 120 in the upper room had gotten tired of tarrying for the Holy Spirit and quit about day 7, 8, or 9? Would the Holy Spirit have shown up? How many people grow tired and throw in the towel just one day before the appointed day of victory? Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season or at the appointed time we shall reap if we do not faint. Let me encourage some weary saint this morning. Uh, Amen. To keep on keeping on. You may be tired. Uh, Fatigue might be setting in. You might be growing weary. You may even be contemplating throwing in the towel. But oh, let me encourage you today to Keep on keeping on. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to reap if we don't give up today. Where would New Bethel be today? Amen. If that nucleus of people, amen, just got tired of everybody leaving and tired of preachers falling and failing and, and disappointing them. What would have happened if, if old Bethel would have just said, you know, we've had enough of this stuff and we're tired of it. We don't want any more of it. And we're, everybody else is throwing in the towel. We'll just throw in the towel with them. What would have happened? Amen. And we wouldn't be here today. But there was a nucleus of people that said, yes, we're tired and yes, we're weary. Yes, we're a little disillusioned. Yes, we're disillusioned. Disappointed. Amen. But we're going to keep on keeping on. And because you did, you have the blessing of God today. We're talking about the obstacles that stand in our way and must be overcome if we're going to experience the blessing of the Lord. Notice one more. How about friends? Friends. Now, I get on this horse and ride it quite often, but it's a horse that needs, you know, you have to keep riding it. Listen, friend, few things in life are more important than those we choose to hang out with. Few things in life are more important than who we choose as our friends, who we choose to hang out with, who we choose to get, allow to get close to us and in our life. The people that we allow to get close to us will either make us or they will break us. We become like the people we hang out with. If we hang around negative and critical people, we will become negative and critical. Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, we usually use this scripture to preach against hanging out with uh, and becoming best friends with sinners and ungodly people. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then sometimes we use this passage of Scripture, this verse, to preach against marrying someone who isn't a believer. Do not be unequally yoked together. You can't be more yoked together than marriage. And so it's a good Scripture, and, it, and, it, and that's, it's, it, it means that as well. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Don't marry somebody that's not a believer. But I believe we could take that a step further. I believe we could also use this verse to teach us that we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, with doubters, with skeptics, with negative people. Yes, friend, even our friends can become an obstacle that hinders us from the blessing of God. All right, we're talking about the blessing of the Lord today. We've talked about the opportunity. We've talked about the obstacles. Let's talk a little bit this morning about the outcome. The outcome. How can we expect God to bless us? We're talking about the blessing of God. We're talking about the fact that the blessing of God is available to us. Then how can we expect God to bless us? Well, let me, give, let me share five ways this morning. 
Five ways that we can expect God to bless us. Number one, we can expect the blessing of God in the area of increase. In the area of increase. Back to our text, verse uh, 13 and 14 of uh, Psalm 115. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more. Jeremiah put it like this in Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the plans for you, says the Lord, that I have towards you. Plans to prosper you. Say prosper. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. The first blessing that we can expect from the Lord is the blessing of increase. I believe that God wants to bless all of our lives in the area of increase. Let me understand that God is not in to status quo. But he desires to help us increase. And I believe that he will help us increase in all areas of our life. I believe that he can help us increase our knowledge and our ability and our skill. He can help us increase. Amen. Now, he's not just going to zap us with that. Amen. He's going to give us a book to read or a seminar to attend or a teaching to receive. Some ways, but he can help us to increase the knowledge and the ability and the skill that we have. I believe he can help our businesses to increase. We can ask God to bless our business. Amen. To bless our business with increase. Let me tell you that He's not going to bless every business. Amen. He's going to bless a godly business. He's going to bless a business that, 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 uh, uh, that does their business according unto the teaching and the training and the precepts of the Word of God. He's not going to just bless any business, but He'll bless the business that will honor Him. Amen. With the first fruit, who will bless Him with a tithe. He'll help us increase our effectiveness in our ministry. I mean, we can expect God to bless us with increase. Notice another area we can expect God to bless us in, and that is the area of influence. Read the story of Joseph. God blessed him with influence. He had influence every single place that he went. He, his influence eventually made him second in command in all of Egypt. God can bless us with influence. God can place uh, us with the right people at the right time. Some jealous preacher said of me when I was in Midland and God blessed me there, well, he was just at the right place at the right time. Well, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God told me where to go and told me when to go. So I was at the right place at the right time. Absolutely. I was at the place God sent me at the time. God sent me there. God can place us with the right people at the right time. And He can bring great favor to our lives. We're talking about the blessing of the Lord today. God desires to bless us. He wants to bless us with increase. He wants to bless us with influence. And how about insight? God wants to bless us with insight. Now this past week we heard evangelist Doug Eccles tell us about God blessed him with insight recently in Haiti. He said that he had rooms booked at a certain hotel in Haiti right before the earthquake happened. And on the way to the, to the hotel where he had already had made reservation, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him, don't go to that motel. And although he had rooms already reserved, he probably even had to pay for those rooms, but instead of going to those rooms, he uh, had the, the cab driver take them to a, to a different hotel. He obeyed the Spirit of God and went to another, another hotel. 
And the hotel where he had intended to go was totally destroyed by the earthquake. If he had gone to that hotel, he certainly would have been killed. But God supernaturally blessed him with insight, which probably saved his life. Approximately four years uh, years ago or so, I went to Houston to perform a wedding for a a couple of our college students from Southwestern. Remember when we had all those college students from Southwestern that, that uh, were coming? And two of those students got engaged and they uh, had their wedding in Houston and they asked me if I would perform the wedding. And so my wife and I went to Houston to perform this wedding. And at this wedding, I met our worship pastor, Braden. He sang at the wedding. And when I met him, something on the inside of me said, this young man will be on your staff someday. I just tucked that in somewhere in my heart. Four years later, four years later when Pastor Carl resigned, the Holy Spirit reminded me of Braden. And reminded me of what I felt in my spirit and I felt God speak to me four years earlier. And so I called his pastor and informed him that I was fixing to steal his worship leader. But I did it ethically. I said, if there's any reason I can't talk to him, you let me know and I'll back off. I'm, I, I'm just I'm going to try and do this as ethically as I can. He said, I don't want to lose him, but I don't want to hold him back either. He said, you know, you know I don't want to you know, call him if you, want, if you want to call him. Well... Pastor Braden told me later, after I had hired him, didn't tell me during the process, didn't tell me during the time to influence me in any way, shape, or form, but he told me after I had hired him, he said, Pastor, he said, we we didn't meet for the first time in Houston. I said, we didn't. He said, no. He said, I met you one other time. I said, you did. He said, yeah. He said, I came with some of my friends from Southwestern for a Christmas cantata that my wife uh, uh, directed at Burton Academy when we was over at Burton Academy five years ago. Well, there were a lot of students that were coming and going, and we had about 20 that came every time, but they were always bringing a friend or somebody. And there were so many coming and going back and forth back in that time. I didn't, I didn't remember uh, specifically meeting him, and he only came that one time. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. He said that he met me that day five years ago. Just briefly after the service, he met me five years ago. He said that he went home that night and he had a dream. And in this dream, he said he saw himself working for me on my staff. Five years ago, a year before the Lord spoke to me. Five years later, here sits Pastor Braden. God wants to bless us with insight. I could take time this morning if I had it uh, to tell you about the time that God told me that I was going to pastor a certain church. I had not applied for the church. I didn't inquire about the church. I didn't pursue the church. But sure enough, I ended up pastoring the church just as God had told me before, before it even happened. God said it was going to happen. Told me. 
Friend, God wants to bless us with insight. God has information that nobody else has access to and He can pass the information on to us. Oh, can you see how awesome and incredible it would be if we could have information that nobody else has. But God has that information. Amen. And He wants to bless us, friend, with insight. But not only can we expect God to bless us with increase and influence and insight, but how about insulation? The three Hebrew children were thrown into a burning fiery furnace, a furnace of fire where the thermostat had been turned up seven times hotter than it had ever been. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found themselves thrown into the fire, they discovered, oh, that the the Lord was in the fire with them. And the Lord insulated them so that the fire could not burn them. Listen, this morning, we will go through the fire sometime. But the blessing comes even in the midst of the fire. Because even in the midst of the fire, amen, the Lord can be there with us and He can insulate us so that the fire cannot touch us. So friend, if you're going through the fire this morning, uh, oh, just look around you today. You're not in the fire all by yourself. God is there with you and He wants to bless you by insulating you so that even though you're in the fire, the fire won't burn you. How can we expect God to bless us one more this morning? How about with intimacy? Friend, the greatest blessing a person can receive from God is His presence. If we could have the worship team back in place this morning. I said the greatest blessing. We're talking about the blessing of the Lord today. And I'm thankful today for the blessing of God. Oh, I thank God for the blessing of increase and the blessing of influence and the blessing of insight and the blessing of insulation. But I'm going to tell you today that the greatest blessing of God, bar none, is the blessing of intimacy. Oh, the blessing of the presence of the Lord in our hearts and in our lives. I remember several years ago a drug addict that was that came to my church got saved and delivered and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And after church he said to me preacher he said I've had a lot of highs. I'm a druggie. And I've had a lot of highs. But he says I've never experienced a high that even came close to the experience. Experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. The greatest blessing that you can receive, friend, from God is to experience His presence. We're all about seeking the hands of God. We want increase and influence and insight and insulation. We're always wanting the hands of God. But greater than the hands of God is the face of God. Amen. His glory, His presence. Oh, the sweetness of His supernatural presence. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's close this morning by reading our text one more time. I say close, we're going to gather in close in just a moment and spend some time in His presence. Hang with me please, Psalm 115. Oh, He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. May you be blessed by the Lord. May you be blessed by the Lord.
Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today real quickly this morning in His presence. Don't hurry, we got plenty of time. Maybe you're here this morning and you need something specific from the Lord today. Maybe it's salvation, maybe it's the baptism of the Spirit, maybe it's healing, maybe it's job related or you don't have a job. You need the blessing of the Lord today. You you need the Lord to bless you by providing for you with His hands. Is that you this morning? Would you lift a hand this morning and say, that's me. I need the blessing of the Lord in in a tangible way, in a tangible way. Father, I just pray for each one that lift their hand today. God, whatever, Lord, whatever those needs are, Lord, whether they're Lord, they're sick, you'll bring healing. Lord, maybe they're they're bound, you'll set them free today. Lord, maybe they're discouraged, you'll encourage them today. Father, maybe maybe they're without.